Hey, welcome back to the Ohioan. Uh, this is Chris Peel, and as always, I'm here with uh, Danny King, uh, who covers religion and immigration for Dispatch. Hey, how's it going? Great. How are you, Chris? Good. Um, have a good Easter? Yeah, I went and saw some family yesterday for Easter, so. Fantastic. Same here. I actually, um, we actually went to church in Columbus and drove to Canton for the afternoon. So it was a pretty full day, but it was good. It was good to see some family. Uh, good to attend um, my hometown church, so it was good. Uh, one of the things that was unique about our service, which translates to the article you wrote for the dispatch of the weekend, was about baptisms. And obviously baptism is a big thing for a lot of churches, you know, throughout Columbus and throughout the world. Uh, but there's a lot of churches that do the Easter baptisms. And I know the church I attended, I think we had 40 or 50 in the two services be that we had Sunday morning. Uh, and you've talked about a lot of churches who seem to do this in the Easter. What did you find out for your story? Yeah, it was really cool because it seems like it's growing in popularity doing these Easter baptisms. You know, it's, it's kind of always been a thing since ancient times, but, um, it's starting to become more popular locally and, you know, in more modern times. And it's interesting because the church I talked to, like you said, a lot of churches do it, but the church I talked to, which is the church next door, they do, um, that's their name. <laughs> um, they yeah. do, they did a unique thing this year where usually they plan baptisms and they go through classes with people and kind of really orient them, not only to Christianity, but to the church. And this year they did that, but they also just opened it up to anybody who might have felt, you know, called to get baptized that day. So that took a lot of extra planning and preparation from them. And, and it was cool to hear about, you know, kind of why they're passionate about not only offering this for people who have planned it as an entry into Christianity and an entry into church, but also people who didn't plan it and just feel called, you know, and feel a connection to, to Jesus on that day. I like how every church seems to operate differently, and there's no bad way of doing it. It just depends on what you have the room for and everything. I'm looking at your story now, and you have a, um, looks like a youth group leader, a small group pastor um, in the picture, and he's looking at a pool. They have, like, kind of a nice little blow-up pool there where they do the baptisms in. I think that makes it funny and neat. Yeah, they've done it that way since COVID. They got it like right after COVID um, so they could do it outside. And he was saying, you know, he baptizes people um, often in that pool and people would leave their masks on when they got baptized, you know, in early COVID days. And and it just makes people more comfortable. So, um, so yeah, they use that weather permitting. So I'm not sure if they did yesterday or not. It was a, a little chilly, but, um, but they might have. Yeah. Well, it's fun. I know funny, but interesting. Uh, they talk about how, I don't know if any churches talked about this with a story, but like the church I attend in Columbus, they almost have a uniform for baptism for various reasons. Like they'll have messages on. So it'll be a t-shirt and it'll say, you know, I love God or redeemed or, you know, some type of religious message. And I've heard the joke from some pastors there, too, saying, yeah, you got to be careful because if a woman wears a white shirt, you know, and now it becomes a white T-shirt contest, which is bad, too. But it was it's fun to see how churches are doing more things, not just to avoid embarrassment, but more so people can kind of share their message as they get baptized, too. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, white is kind of the, you know, symbolic, you know, 
what people wear. Um, but it kind of varies. Um, you know, some just let you wear whatever you want and some have kind of a uniform of sorts, but you know, the interesting thing is like some of these churches really have to do a lot of preparation to be able to do this because they need changing rooms and they need, you know, changes of clothes or towels or things for, for people. So it, it might seem like a simple production, but, you know, especially if you're submerged with which many, you know, of the Christian churches are doing, they're not sprinkling on your forehead. So if you're submerged, you know, it's kind of a, a whole production. And I like too how, um, like my dad was a pastor the church that you know we went to is so i go up front and i get baptized and it's like just you and him talking which is nice you get to share your story but if you're a little bit shy or a little bit intimidated about being in front of people it's awkward as heck because you're you've got to talk there's like a little handheld mic that's water safe that you're talking from and everything i kind of like the way our church did that i went to yesterday they had it during worship so they had a band up front and to the side they had baptisms and you know in the cameras they had you, you know they took a shot at someone get baptized you can see it but there wasn't as much focus on that person it was just kind of part of a worship say oh wow that's great you know someone's getting baptized but it takes away a lot of distress where it's not like you're you know doing a storyteller's presentation or something you know it's just more a part of the whole worship thing which i think is kind of a neat touch Right. You're not as front and center. So it takes some yeah. of the like anxiety out of that, hopefully, you know, and you have that, you know, yeah. When I got baptized, what I, I really liked was having that private moment with the pastor, you know, that's not something you always get um, as a congregant. So I think he, he might've had a microphone on, I can't remember, but, you know, just having that private discussion as, as you, you know, as he blesses you and, and you, you know, take this big step. Yeah, but you could see in the um, pool, they had like a man and woman baptizing everybody. And you could see that they were talking. So you had that chance to express it to them, but it wasn't like, you know, you were doing a big presentation for the whole church. Trying Not to publicly speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really cool. So, all right. Well, very good. Um, do you see, so it seems like your story talks about this seems to be trending up. I think, I would only imagine this would probably get, more popular in the future because it seems like it's it's a popular day to get baptized because again it kind of signifies what happened with god um but it also seems to be kind of a you know a, a, a better day to get baptized instead of saying i'm gonna get baptized on a random you know day in january let's get baptized on easter it sounds like a yeah there's a lot of symbolism to it which is really neat you know yeah. obviously you know a sense of renewal and resurrection um on a day where people are you know celebrating jesus rising again and um so there's that symbolism but it's also um you know nice because there's the lenten period is one of of a lot of self-reflection and so if that period is the time where maybe you're getting ready to to be baptized and to really accept a new church community and accept you know jesus um i think that's the timing is kind of neat in that reflective period of lent where you kind of prepare i think it helps too a bigger church where you have a bigger staff because i remember you know my church my dad was like really only staff member so, you know, you pretty much had a bunch of hymns in the row while you could get changed and dried off and everything. And it's kind of nice where you have a bigger staff and more people to take part in the experience. So. Yeah, definitely.
All right. Very good. Well, again, you can catch these stories every day in the Columbus Dispatch. Um, wanted to mention, throw a curveball at you a little bit. Um, you, you know, you might say, why is this for subscribers? Or why are we paying for a subscription? Well, we have stories behind the paywall, stories that kind of a more in-depth, would you say? They take a little bit more time. And just stories that you wouldn't see everywhere else. I mean, obviously, we cover if there's a Ohio State football game like there was Saturday. You know, we're going to cover it like a lot of other media outlets. But for the stories that we write that other people may not have access to or or think about writing, uh, we're there. So uh, today's story about Easter Sunday, it's behind the paywall. And you might say, oh, now I have to pay. Well, we have deals. It's like it's $1 for either six months, $1 for three months, a lot of deals. Uh, each day at the dispatch is a way to check out the reporting and get some unique reporting. Uh, it sounds like the story took you a little bit longer to write, you know, just based on everything involved with it. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, subscribing, you get a lot of benefits. Um, you know, like Chris said, you know, there's just a lot of unique stories that you aren't going to find elsewhere and things we've worked harder on or put more time into. And so, you know, your subscription really goes to support all of those stories and that journalism that we're doing and, and bringing you that unique content on, you know, whether it's Easter baptisms or, you know, I have a story coming up, um, when I talked one-on-one -on -one with the new Bishop of Columbus and, and things like that. And so, we're trying to provide all kinds of content. Some of it is, you know, for your metered and, and some is a little bit more exclusive. So we'd love it if you would get access to that as well. Because I, I've heard this, Denise heard it. I'm sure out there you're probably thinking that, saying, oh, I can get the same story elsewhere. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't, and especially for a story like this. Um, you know, a little bit more in depth, something you can't get anywhere else. So, uh, Denise, as always, uh, we appreciate your time. Um, anything you're working on in the near future or? Yeah. Like I said, that story about, um, the new Bishop of Columbus, the yeah. Reverend Earl Fernandez. And then I'm also doing a story. So, um, I don't know if people know, but Orthodox Christians have their Easter a week after. And so that's this Sunday. And I'm doing a story on a Ukrainian Orthodox pastor who's hosting a prayer service for people in Ukraine and, and doing some, some cultural Ukraine, um, practices as well and just trying to support people um overseas so doing something on that as well very good well as always uh, check out dispatch.com for a latest in coverage and as always thanks have a great day everybody hi i'm jennifer mooney welcome to what is our new hope interrupted podcast based on the work from our book hope interrupted that i co-authored with my good friend byron mccauley Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.